0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to First Timothy. First Timothy, if you don't have one with you, there should be one under some of the seats. Everything okay, Addy? It slipped, okay. Addy's fixing the uh, camera for those watching online. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Tonight, the burden of this text, what we're going to be talking about is an urge to pray. But... Not everything, as we're going over this text, uh, seems to be about prayer. Um, but I think that's, that's the burden, and what we see in the middle here of this text is a, a, the reason why we ought to pray. So that's kind of the ground we're going to cover as we go over this. Um, so let's go ahead and just jump into the text um, in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all then... I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and those in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our God and of God and our Savior, who desires all people to be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who, gives, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. This is God's Word. Let's pray. Oh, Father, Lord, help us as we approach this text to feed on your Word. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, help me, give me strength and grace as I preach your Word. Help me to be faithful and uh, help me to be clear. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, then, um, that tells us here it is a priority on Paul's part. Uh, he, he had given us chapter 1 where he kind of uh, introduces us to this letter, and, and he says, first of all. So, so what he's about to tell us to do is priority, He says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. He lists all these different kinds of prayers. Um, And it's just bang, 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 bang. All four right in a row. Um, There is a. Uh, a kind of an overlap in the meaning of these words. They're all different kinds of prayers, and so I think the the main thing he's emphasizing is we need to pray. We need to pray for all people. Uh, uh, but let's like take a look at at uh, the different kinds of prayer he mentions here. First off, he he says prayers or supplications. Supplications. So this is um, uh, this would be. Um, when we're praying for our own needs, praying that, that God would meet the needs that we have. It's like in, in, a, in the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. He's, we're asking God to supply for our needs. So we, 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 uh, that's the kind of prayer that we have here. And then prayers, it's just a general word for prayer. It's the most common word in the New Testament for prayer. Intercessions. And that would be when we're praying for other people. We we had this long list of people that we were praying for, and that's intercessions and then thanksgivings. We give thanks to God for what He's done. We give thanks to God for what He's done in the past, for what what He did in the biblical times about sending Jesus to die for our sins. We give thanks to the things that He does for us in the present, that He gives us breath every day, that He, He opened our eyes that we can believe in Him We give thanks to him for all these things. But I think the real burden of of putting all these different types of prayers together is to emphasize Paul wants us to pray. He wants us to pray, 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 pray. And that's hard, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I struggle with my prayer life. It is not easy to pray. And Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. That's not easy. It's hard to pray. But it is important. Paul here tells us, first of all, pray. And he says, pray that prayers be made for all people. You know, I felt like we were praying for everybody tonight, didn't we? <laughs> we had this long list, which is great. We, I mean, we want to be praying for people. But he says, pray for everyone, pray for all people. And as you look through the texts, or if you remember, as I read through the text, there were there were some words that just kept popping out all, 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 all. And at the last verse here, Paul says, for this is why I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. He wanted to emphasize that. Wants to make sure he's—he's. He's, everybody knows he's telling the truth here. Um, that he was a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul was a Jew, and yet he was a preacher to the Gentiles, those who were not Jews. And and we know that that, that one of the great uh, controversies in the early church was about: Does a Gentile have to become a Jew before they can become a Christian? Do they have to follow the Jewish laws and all of those things? Do they have to go through with circumcision and all of those things? This was a major uh, uh, controversy in the early church. And so I, I, it would be surprising to many Jewish believers before this, this time that Paul would be called a teacher and a preacher to the Gentiles. Okay, there's a connection, I think, between the two. Paul is telling us we need to pray for all people because we need to pray for all kinds of people. All kinds, both Jew and Gentile in Paul's day. But we need to pray for black and white. We need to pray for multi-ethnic groups. We need to pray for the rich and the poor. We need to pray for all people. I think that's the emphasis that Paul is making here. Not just the leaders, but he's saying, pray for all people. And then he he focuses in on leaders here in the next verse. For kings and all those in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We practice this tonight. We practice it from time to time. I wanted to make sure we did it tonight because the text is telling us to do it, (laughs) right? Um, We need to pray for those in leadership. Oftentimes, when we watch the news, when we uh, listen to talk radio or any of those things, which I do a lot of, our tendency is to do what? To complain, right? <laughs> Our tendency is to complain. Oh, I can't believe what that other party's doing right now. You, you should have heard it. And we need to pray. Pray even whenever it's the other guy. Pray when we don't agree with their... Uh, because, you know, we may not be able to do anything about what they're doing in Washington. But we can pray. And God is in control of all that. The Proverbs tell us, and I made reference to it earlier, um, the Proverbs tell us, the Lord holds the heart of kings in His hands and He turns it whichever way He wishes. He's in control. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And while politics may go this way or that way in ways that that frustrate us and we don't like, God is in control. And if He's in control and we're concerned about the way things are, and we may be concerned about our freedoms, then who's going to be able to do anything about that? The one we ask. He invites us to ask. He tells us to ask so that we can live a peaceful and quiet life and so that we have the freedom to be able to proclaim the Gospel. We want to pray for leaders and those in the authority, so that they don't tamp down on our freedoms, and so that we have still be, are able to speak the gospel and to preach the biblical truth. I mean, listen—we've got we living in a day where there is this sense where it, you, you're afraid to say certain things about what the Bible teaches about human sexuality. And other things. And if we want to be able to have the freedom to be able to teach the Bible as it's written, as He has revealed it, then we want to pray for our leaders so that we might live a quiet and peaceful life. The text then says in verse 3, This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. It is pleasing. It's good. God wants us to pray. It's not just Paul urging them. It's God wants us to pray. It is good. It pleases Him when we cry out in prayer for all people. Even the ones we don't agree with. He wants us to pray for them. It pleases God. And, and verse 4 kind of takes a turn here. He's, he's, his emphasis has been pray, 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 pray for all people, pray for all people, pray for kings, pray for those in authority. And then he turns the corner and then he, it starts describing God. It, it says, This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Who is our Savior? It's Jesus. Jesus is our Savior. He's the one who came to rescue us. And it says, God our Savior. Jesus, this I think is one emphasis, one uh, uh, place we can look at to say Jesus is God. He is divine. That He was God in the flesh. In the sight of God our Savior. And then it says, who desires all people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all people to be saved. Now, what does that mean? What does that that mean? Okay. Um, I think I find a little bit of difficulty there. And and, and maybe maybe you don't see what the tension is. But God is all-powerful. He can do anything. And yet, and we're told he wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And yet there are some people that are not saved. Do you see the problem? Yeah. (laughs) That's fine. First, you're listening. There's a problem here. So what does he mean? Now, there may be two explanations here. Um, one, uh, some people point to the concept of free will and say um, that God, God wants us to be saved, but um, we have the free will, and so our free will can trump what God says. Now, I may not be saying that uh, in a way that that person would describe it, but that's, that's kind of how um, I would understand that position. Um, and, and honestly, that's not the way I hold it. I, I, the problem I have there is that, I believe, makes us more powerful than God. I, 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 uh, bear with me here. Bear with me. I believe that when, when, before we come to know Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We could do nothing to save ourselves. We are a corpse Spiritually. And what needed to happen was that God spoke to us like Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones. And when he spoke to us, we became alive. It doesn't depend on what a human chooses. It depends upon God who has mercy from Romans 9.16. And so I would say that whenever Paul is saying he desires all people to be saved, He's saying all kinds, just like he's telling us to pray for all kinds. He's telling us to pray for black and white and rich and poor and and all of the different uh, socioeconomic statuses and everything like that. He's telling us to pray for all of those things. And God desires people of all ethnicities, people from every social strata, people from every tribe, every tongue, every language to be saved. And that's why we need to pray for them. We need to pray for people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And one day, we're going to be with them in heaven singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb who purchased a bride for Himself. Another thing that I'll say about this is I think also the Bible may speak of God's will in two different kinds of ways. There's God's will. And I'm going to get technical here. There's, I think God's will of decree where God has planned everything that will ever happen in all of human history from the foundation of the world. He, he spoke and, and everything came. And nothing happens outside of His planned will. But at the same time, there's God's revealed will. When I talk about God's revealed will, there's... What's in the Scripture? What He tells us that He wants from us. He tells us, you shall not kill. You shall not steal. He gives us rules for living. And that, I think, is His revealed will. We know what His will is for us, whether we do it or not. He reveals to us His will. And this is a part of His revealed will that shows us His character. Johnny uh, read from Ezekiel chapter 33, and it says God is not pleased with the death of the wicked. He's not, he doesn't take any pleasure in that. It's not like some sadist who takes pleasure in, in uh, uh, torturing people. That's not his pleasure. That's not his character. His desire is that all would be saved. Next. All of that supporting the fact we need to pray for all people because God wants to save all kinds of people. Next thing. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. First of all, he says, there's one God. And you look out at the world and you've got all kinds of different gods out there, don't you? You have Allah. You have... um, Buddhism is actually a an atheistic religion. They don't worship any god. Uh, you have Hinduism that has like 330 million different gods. You have all kinds of gods. But Paul insists the same thing that the Old Testament insists. There is one God for all people. All kinds of people. And it doesn't matter. You know, what we, we hear in our culture this whole thing. Well, that's my truth. And, and this is your truth. And we can just be happy with our own truths, right? But if there's only one God, there's just one truth. And, and um, if there is one God, then He's God for all people, regardless of whatever God that they claim to be worshiping, because those other gods don't exist. There is one God. And there is one mediator between God and man. There's only one way. John 14, 6. Jesus said, Yeah, I think I got the right text. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The only way to approach God is through Jesus Christ. He is exclusive. He has provided one way that we can be saved, and it's look to Jesus. Don't look for him in any other way. Look to Jesus alone. He desires all to be saved. He comes and come to the knowledge of the truth. There is one God and one mediator. God, Jesus was the mediator between God and man. What does that mean? He was both God and man. He was God from eternity past. Second person of the Trinity. John uh, chapter 1 tells us he was the Word. And John chapter 1, verse 14 says he was the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Jesus was the God-Man. He was God in the flesh. And that's why He can be a mediator. This is so important for our salvation. See, if Jesus wasn't God, then His sacrifice would not have been enough. Because every human being is a sinner. Every human being. No human being could be a sacrifice that would atone for our sins because no one was perfect except for Jesus, because He was God. And God had to also be fully man. He had to be fully man because only a man could stand in the place of our sins. Because it's Adam and all of us who earned sin by our rebe- earned death by our rebellion. So Jesus must have been both God and man for us to be saved. There is one mediator... And that's Jesus. Every other way doesn't get it. And that's one reason why we need to pray for all people. Because, other peop- uh, because people are searching in some other way, in, through some other path to find forgiveness, to find peace, but there's only one mediator. And so we need to pray that they'll find it in Jesus alone. Then, Paul says, who gave himself as a ransom for all. He gave himself as a ransom for all. Jesus did not die kicking and screaming, did he? He gave Himself. He died willingly. He went as a lamb that was led to slaughter. He opened not His mouth. He went to the cross to pay our sins for ourselves, for us. It says that He um, paid a ransom for all. Um, this ransom idea is the idea of someone who pays A debt pays uh, the, the price of freedom. We were enslaved to our sin. We were enslaved and God paid the price by sending His Son Jesus and He was the ransom. It's not like a ransom like we think of in the movies where somebody kidnaps somebody else and they're asking for a ransom. No, what this ransom is, is He was the price that was paid so that we could be forgiven. That our debt that we owed against God would be paid. And then we can have peace with Him. He gave Himself as a ransom for all. Here's that word again. All. And again, I'm going the same place here. All kinds of people. If anybody's going to be saved, if anybody's going to have their debts paid, it's only through Jesus. It's, he's the only one. It, 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 I think it goes to the exclusive. It, exclusivity of Jesus the fact is if he gave his life for a ransom for all then there's nobody else that could do it he gave his life as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time and what's that about which is the testimony given at the proper time I think it'd be tempting just to kind of skip over that what is that but I think what's important there is it shows us this was God's plan from the beginning, and 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 He had revealed Himself about it in Genesis all the way back from chapter three, whenever He's promised that there would be one day a descendant of Eve who would come and crush the serpent's head, and and He wrote about it uh, through through uh, the rest of the Old Testament, promising there would be someone who would come in the line of Abraham who would be a blessing to all nations, all nations again. And there was a son that would come from the line of David who would be, have a kingdom and that would last forever. It was the proper time. The, time the, the, the right time finally came in history for God to send the Son to die for us. And now we stand in between His ascension and when He comes again in glory. Now finally, I've already kind of uh, referred to this last verse. But this is why I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And he emphasizes, I'm not lying. <laughs> Makes you really want to believe him, huh? <laughs> this is why I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher to the Gentiles in faith and truth. Why was Paul... Appointed by God. He didn't seek it out for himself. It was appointed that way as a, an apostle and a teacher to the Gentiles. Because Jesus is the only Savior for all people. Regardless of ethnicity, regardless, or regardless of any background at all, regardless of anything, Jesus is the only Savior. And that's why Paul was sent to the Gentiles. If they were going to be saved... Someone needed to go. And God sent Paul. So, let's back up and look at it from 30,000 feet. Paul here is telling us that he urges us to pray for all people. Because there's only one God, there's only one mediator. I think the conclusion we need to grasp is as we work in this community to try to reach people, the only way we're going to make any difference, the only way we're going to see people saved is if we pray. If we get down on our knees and we ask God in supplications, in prayers, in thanksgiving, in intercessions and all of those kinds of prayers, we need to pray that God would move. That he sent a movement of his spirit, that the word would go out clearly, and that he would do what he does with his word. He promises I will, my, my word will not return to me void. Brothers and sisters, let's pray for Panama. Let's pray for our neighbors around us. We want to see something great happen. We want to see lives changed. We want to see people who we're going to be friends with forever in heaven. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.